Welcome to Always and Forever, a One Tree Hill podcast where two lifelong friends and super fans analyze and review the greatest teen show from the early 2000s. This week we are discussing what is and what should never be the 20th episode of season one, which was written by Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz, which, by the way, real quickly, do you know who they are? I don't. So they created Once Upon a Time. I know you never watched that show, but I did. But they were also producers for a show that you watched, Lost. Oh my god, really? Yeah, this is the only episode of One Tree Hill they've ever written, and they went on to be pretty successful. (laughs) Wow. Once Upon a Time and Lost, both of them worked together? Yeah, they work together, like, all the time. Like, they're writing partners. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, they just have, like, this business partnership or something, I guess. I don't know, like, how that works, but they always work together on shows. That's so random that they only wrote one episode of One Tree Hill. Yeah. (laughs) And then they went on to have a pretty good career, though, so I'm, you know, maybe it was this episode that propelled them forward. I mean, it's a really good episode. It's a pretty good one, so yeah. I just wanted to... Put that in there, though, because I was really fascinated by that little tidbit. Anyway, it was also directed by Perry Lang and originally aired on April 27th, 2004. So, Jeremy, I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Oslo's mom. Oh, yay! All right, so our listener left the following review. One episode in, and I love this. It's bringing me right back to the days when I would binge the show on my DVDs. Laugh out loud. Caitlin and Jeremy have such funny banter and do a great job highlighting the key aspects of each episode while staying relevant to 2020. The song segment is my favorite. Can't wait for more. Oh, yay! How sweet! That is so nice! Thanks, Oslo's mom! I know, so we have another longtime fan listening in, which is awesome. Yeah, I love that. And the whole thing about staying relevant to 2020, I mean, it's now 2021 as this episode is airing, but staying relevant to current times, we should say, yeah. I mean, we're trying. We're calling it out as we see it, right? Yeah, definitely, because as we talk a lot about in this show, there's a lot of elements that haven't held up. Some elements that have, a lot of elements that haven't. So we can still love the show unapologetically regardless. And Exactly. You know, as long as you're willing to like really confront that. It doesn't necessarily mean that like, you, you can't like the show. I feel like you always should watch stuff with like a very critical lens like that, you know? Yeah, exactly. As long as you're acknowledging things that they might have done wrong, you can still enjoy it. Yeah, I feel like there's always this narrative that people say, like, oh, this will never get made today because, like, too many people are so sensitive. And I I hate that narrative because I'm like, it can still get made today, but there's just some stuff that you gotta admit is kind of fucked up. Yeah, definitely. But one thing that our reviewer here acknowledges, the song segment. Yes. So I feel like the music always will hold up. Oh, Totally. Like I said, I'm pretty sure I've said this in previous episodes. I remember um, entire scenes from One Tree Hill because of the song that's playing in the background. Oh, definitely. The Codas. Oh my god. They're fantastic. As a reminder, this podcast is spoiler-free, but stay tuned after the credits for a fully spoiled discussion. Somebody told me that this is the place where everything's better and everything's safe. Kaylee plans a low-key party at Nathan's apartment on Saturday night, but it quickly becomes an out-of-control rager. Meanwhile, Rook and Nikki meet each other at a bar and decide to crash the party. 
Soon after they arrive, Nikki and Peyton get into a cat fight, and Nikki ends up revealing to the whole party that she was the quote-unquote bar schlotz. Since Nathan recently got a job at a pretzel shop in the mall, he wasn't able to get to his own party until later that night. As soon as he arrives, the police show up because of noise complaints and underage drinking. In frustration, Nathan talks back to one of the officers and, well, gets arrested. After finding out about Lucas and Nikki, Peyton and Brooke bonds over their shared hurt and decide to at least not be enemies anymore. Lucas confronts Peyton and tries to apologize for what happened with Nikki. Peyton tells him she's surprised that he and Nathan have switched places, with Lucas now being the bad guy. In other news, Keith gets a job as an auto shop teacher in Charleston. Karen tells Lucas about the proposal and that Keith is moving away, which causes Lucas to pay Keith a visit and offer his support. Lucas is back on the basketball team, but his skills are rusty. Deb and Karen agree to become partners. Wink, wink. (laughs) Business partners, okay? Yeah, they become business partners, all right. Deb and Dan have angry makeup sex. Afterwards, Dan shockingly agrees to move forward with the divorce. Hoping Tim will go home, I'm Jeremy Rodriguez. Pouting because I wasn't invited to the party, I'm Caitlin Illinich. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that like, was so sad to me, but like, aww. <laughs> I mean, Brooke was kind of pouting, so I'm kind of Brooke in this scenario. Yeah, I, I got you. I, I understand what you were doing, but I don't know, it was just so sad, like, aww, you're pouting. No, I wasn't invited. <laughs> I would invite you to the party, Caitlin. Thanks, Jeremy. I appreciate it. When the pandemic is over, of course. Yep. Uh, speaking of pa- something pandemic related, though, so this actually is related to the episode. So we know that Keith gets a job in Charleston, and I decided to look up how far away Charleston was from Wilmington, which is where Tree Hill is. Yeah. It's a three and a half hour drive. But I had to look this up by going to my Google Maps app. I was like, okay, let me just go to my Google Maps app. And I actually had to re-download the app because I haven't used it in, like, the last, like, year. Really? Yeah, because, like, I don't really go anywhere anymore. I don't really need Google Maps. They deleted it? Or you deleted it? Uh, Yeah, I have my phone set so, like, it'll, like, like, delete the app. Not delete the app, but, like, offload it or whatever, and it has to, like, reinstall. Wow. But I used to use Google Maps, like, every other day. Mm Mm-hmm. And... You know, since the pandemic, I haven't been able, I haven't been using it because I haven't been going anywhere. And I don't know. I, that was just like really funny to me. Yeah, I haven't really been using it either. So <laughs> we're not traveling like long distances. No, <laughs> you know, right now. <laughs> so I just thought that was so sad. I was like, gosh, when was the last time I used Google? It looked different too. I swear it looks a little bit different. I'm like, uh, how do I use this again? It probably does. I mean, they change those apps all the time, the layout and everything. In case you're curious, it's um, a three and a half hour drive. I mean, Tree Hill isn't necessarily Wilmington, but, you know, I guess we could... Roughly. It's reasonable to believe that it's pretty far away. Yeah, I think they said three hours in the episode, actually. Oh, did they? Okay, I completely missed that. I think it was Keith that said it. So yeah, roughly, that would be it. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Well, I didn't even need to do that little piece of research, but... So, I actually went to Charleston, and I was like, wow, like, I was three and a half hours away from Tree Hill. Man, you've been to Charleston, but not Tree Hill. Right? Wilmington. Right? (laughs) Come on, Jeremy. That is something, I know. (laughs) Come on. What are you doing? It'll happen. It'll happen eventually. I know. Post-pandemic celebration. 
I just want to see your face as you see all the locations. I really do. Because it'll just make me relive it, seeing it for the first time. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited to eventually do that. Anyway, shall we actually talk about the concept of this episode? (laughs) Yes. So this episode is named after the Led Zeppelin song, What Is and What Should Never Be. Honestly, I wasn't really understanding the lyrics to the song. What were your thoughts? Because I don't really have many. Honestly, same. I mean, I I took more of a meaning from the title, and I could be completely reaching with this analysis, who knows? But I think the song's mostly about, like, what is, which is the current situation these characters are in, and what should never be, which is these characters continuing down this road. So they ultimately decide not to continue down this road. And I connect that to, like, a big chunk of the characters. We see that Peyton and Brooke decide not to be enemies anymore. Keith decides to move on, move on to Charles, said move on to his life, like try to, to try to get over Karen. Deb and Karen decide to be partners. Wink, wink. I'm <laughs> sorry, I'm going to keep leaning into that. <laughs> Dan finally decides to divorce Deb, and then we also see Nathan, who's trying to build a better life for himself by getting a job, so he's not like under under Dan's like finger all the time. That's a really good connection actually, because the characters are all moving on in this episode. And the the big line that like really stuck out to me, and this was the only line where I was like, eh, I guess this kind of connects. It's to a castle I will take you. And I feel like that castle could represent anything. The castle in this case is Charleston for Keith. That's a good point. And for Brooke and Peyton, it's the fact that they're not enemies anymore. Mm-hmm. That's their metaphorical castle, you know? Yeah, I don't know if the song was also kind of commenting on fate and, like, kind of trusting what will happen. Like, everything happens for a reason, in a way. Because it says in the song, where what's to be, they say will be. That was really the only thing that I kind of took from the song. That's true. Like, I feel like the... I feel like the episode gives off this vibe for the most part that everything's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because I'm thinking there's there's one part um, toward the end of the episode, which I'll talk about later, is um, when Nathan is at his job and he's doing very, very well at work. It, it just felt like everything's going to be okay here. Like he wasn't doing so, so good before, but now he's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. We see Brooke and Peyton. Everything's going to be okay with them. Yeah, I feel like every scenario, Deb and Dan, too, I think Mm -hmm. the only two characters where it maybe doesn't apply to would be Peyton and Lucas. You're kind of left at the end of this episode, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. You're kind of left, I don't know, there's some negative feelings there, for sure. Yeah, but I mean, we can also like, you know, try to pull it in the sense that Peyton will be okay. Yeah. Because this situation for her is uncomfortable and toxic, so this is her way of moving on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's going to be okay. She's deciding to... Yeah, that, that was something I didn't even mention in my little analysis. Yeah, that's... She's leaving Lucas behind right now. She is. It seems like at this point. Yeah, so she she's moving on in her own way, even though yeah. it, it kind of sucks, you know, how it happened. But she's kind of making the realization and moving forward. Right, exactly. Um, Let's talk about Keith moving forward, though. Yeah, I mean... I can see him being a teacher, an auto shop teacher. Obviously, it makes sense in in the way that he had his own business. Yeah, totally, yeah. 
And I feel like that's more that's what's valued. Like, the fact that he has, like, field experience. I'm pretty sure he would have to... I don't know what it was like back in 2004, but I feel like nowadays he would at least have to... He would have to teach, but he would also have to get his teaching degree at the same time or something. I was thinking the same thing. I mean, you have to have a teaching degree. But who knows what school this is? If this is, like, a private school or something, I don't know if it is or not. But, you know, the rules can be a little bit different, especially if someone has that much field experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the school's discretion. Yeah. Like my, This actually happened to my sister-in-law. She's a chef, and she ended up becoming a culinary teacher. But she didn't have like any teaching experience. She didn't have any teaching experience. She didn't have any like teaching degree or anything like that. But she got the job, and then at the same time, she had to go to school to essentially get her certification and everything like yeah. that. Yeah. So the school still hired her, even though she doesn't have any official teaching experience. Exactly. And it really all depends on the state, the school, and the time period, because we are talking about 2003. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or 2004 <laughs> at this point. Yeah, that's what Well, who knows of the who knows of the tree hell time period? It could be 2003. Yeah. Hell, it could be like 2001. <laughs> who knows? Oh, my gosh. But yeah, um, I gotta talk about one thing related to this storyline now. What's that? So, Lucas, at the end of the episode, he goes to Karen and he says, You deserve to be happy, Ma. But so does Keith. He's referring to the whole thing about how Karen turned down his proposal. It seems like, yo, I understand that you turned down his proposal, but don't you think he should be happy? Don't you think you should just marry him anyway? That's how I took that. And... <laughs> I just did not like the reading of that line, personally. So you think Lucas is trying to pressure his mom? Maybe not necessarily pressuring her, but putting Keith's feelings above Karen's. Yeah. I feel like at the end of that, he understands that Karen says, he understands that Karen said no, but he's upset for Keith. I don't know if that line makes me think what you're saying, but I feel like what he said, I can't remember exactly what the lines were but what he said before that line almost kind of guilted karen a little bit oh really that's what i thought that line in particular doesn't really make me it doesn't seem like he's guilting her oh i kind of want to know what the line is now so i have the transcript up for the episode right now are you referring to the line i just thought that you could be happy together that's what lucas says to karen yeah i definitely see that being like lucas guilting her more with that line than than the line that you That's had stated. Because it's like, hey, you should be together. Like, why in the world did you say no? <laughs> There's a lot, like, I don't know, between the lines in that statement. Right, exactly. He's saying, like, hey, mom, your, your feelings are valid, but at the same time, I don't like your feelings. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because from Lucas's perspective, like, he doesn't, I don't think he really understands, like, why they wouldn't be good together. Because they've always been friends Keith's a great guy. He's always been there for Lucas. He would be a great father, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to see it from his perspective. It's kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. But he also wants to respect, you know, and say that his mom should be happy. But at the same time, she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry, there's, I'm just going to keep leading into that. There, there's a dual message there. women are not allowed to have autonomy you know (laughs) men's happiness comes above that don't you know that oh my gosh we've already talked at length about the proposal coming way too prematurely even though they've known each other and been friends for years and i feel like we should make it very clear we ship these two together oh yeah for sure but like the proposal should not have happened (laughs) (laughs) at the same time we can recognize the fact that you know it's very flawed (laughs) 
the way this is developing right here. Yeah, personally, I think that Keith and Karen would be great together. Yeah, totally. I don't see why they wouldn't be. And there, there's definitely some chemistry, or there was, at least, some chemistry there. Mm-hmm. Another couple that we ship, Zeb and Karen, they decide to become partners. So this is why Karen <laughs> turned out her proposal to Keith. <laughs> Oh, gosh, you're really writing some fan fiction here, Jeremy. This is not fan fiction, okay? You really need to, like, get this out on paper and write some fan fiction. Get it out of your system. This is reality, okay? They are becoming partners. And seriously, if I were to write fan fiction, it would be, like, really sweet, like, romantic fan fiction. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be, like, you know, it wouldn't be, like, porn. Like, a lot of the fan fiction I normally read. This will be like, you know, this really like sweet romance for like, you know, Deb comes in to Karen and then she says, Karen, I want us to be partners. And then Karen's like, I would want nothing more. And then Deb puts her arms around Karen, kisses her. Oh, how lovely. And then they sleep together late at night. But again, it'll be like this very like, you know, sweet, like lovemaking session. And then they'll drink coffee in the morning together. It'll be great. <laughs> you really have set the scene. I really have. Oh my God. Okay. All right. They they become business partners in this episode. They don't become those types of partners. And I'm curious of how this is going to, like where the storyline's going to go. Obviously, I know, but... <laughs> It was such a short little thing in this episode that it doesn't really lead you, like, there isn't anything more that we got about this partnership, you know? I think it's just a way to, like, really establish, like, hey, Deb's not going anywhere in this series. I feel like when the show started off, they weren't planning on using Deb a lot. Like, I feel like she was just like, oh, she's she's Dan's wife, she's Nathan's mom, we're just gonna use her when it's convenient. But I feel like Barbara Allen Woods, like, came onto the show, and then she ended up stealing every scene. And I'm pretty sure it's not spoiling the series by saying, like, she sticks around for a while. Oh, yeah. Like, she's not she's not a regular in season one at all, if you pay attention to the opening credits. She's not a regular. So, I feel like this is, like, a good way to establish, like, all right, she's gonna start, like, you know, getting back into things. You know, it's not gonna be the end of her just because her and Dan are getting a divorce. She's gonna be around, because she's still gonna be working with Karen. I mean, Barbara Allen Woods really made Deb her own character. Like Exactly. I I love the dynamic between these two women becoming friends. Like mm-hmm. it's so unlikely that they would be friends. So now the fact that they're gonna partner together, like, wow. That's a really interesting storyline. This friendship I feel like is very before its time, honestly. I it kind of is. Because I feel like um, storylines like that are only becoming popular on TV now, where women aren't competing with each other, yeah. necessarily. Like, we saw it with, um, we saw it on Riverdale with um, Betty and Veronica. Mm-hmm. Because if you're if you're familiar with the original Archie comic story, Betty and Veronica, I feel like, are always, like, at each other's throats. It's like, Archie's my boyfriend! No, Archie's my boyfriend! And then Riverdale came around and was like, hey, let's be friends from the beginning. Of course we're gonna, like, disagree sometimes. We're gonna have, like, you know, little tiffs here and there. But at the end of the day, we are friends. And I feel like that was, like, really surprising when that show came out. That's a good comparison. Yeah, but Deb and Karen now, like, they did it first, (laughs) you know? I mean, the writers could have easily pitted these two women against each other. I mean, Mm -hmm. they had every reason to hate each other, basically, or at least not to to like each other. Right. Because of all this history and the tension that Dan has created. Totally. But they love each other. Yep. I'm glad that they saw beyond that and the writers took a different approach. 
And they are going to have many passionate lovemaking sessions <laughs> okay, where they Jeremy. drink coffee together in the morning. All right, let's move on. <laughs> okay, listeners, if you ship Zeb and Karen together, send us coffee emojis. I would like to see some fan fiction. Tame fan fiction, please. Tame fan fiction. <laughs> If you are going to send me smutty fanfiction, make sure it's written by women. That's all I've got to say. Like, I don't want to see, like, some man getting, like, all perverted by writing this fanfiction. I don't want to see that, you know? If it's smutty, it has to be written by a woman. That's all I'm going to say. But send it our way. Always OTHpod at gmail.com. Thank you. <laughs> or just to me personally. Just send it to me personally. Rodriguez, share me on Twitter. Just DM me. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> So what else can we say about Zeb and Karen, Caitlin? Or not. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what we can talk about (laughs) is Nathan getting a job. Okay. (laughs) Let's move on, I guess. So Nathan gets a job at a pretzel shop in the mall. And... He literally gets the job so easily, but then the kid gives him a hard time for not knowing what to do on his first day. I thought that was so crazy to me. (laughs) I feel like there might have been a little bit of bitterness because um, Nathan also bullied him. Yeah. We also find that out that Nathan and his friends, like, kicked his ass at homecoming. So I I understand, like, feeling a little bit bitter about that. And then you're like, hey, I'm going to make this guy's life a living hell right now. Yeah, that's definitely true, but he also gave him the job that easily. Yeah, true. So, doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm all about, like, fuck capitalism and saying, like, you know, like, oh, fuck you, stop being a toxic boss, you know? Um, The only thing I can say is that he was probably very stressed out. Like, if you have to hire somebody before they can even fill out an application, you're like, hey, can you start now? Things have (laughs) got to be pretty stressful. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you gotta be really desperate. But then it also makes you think, like, why are you that desperate? Did somebody quit at the last minute? Are you a bad boss? It just makes you question some things. Hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot there. <laughs> yeah, there you is know? a lot there. But I'm glad to see that Nathan got a job, because uh, I don't know how he didn't already have one, having his own apartment and all. Yeah, well, yeah, you're absolutely right. And we know he sold the car, which, by the way, I gotta say something real quickly about that. When Zan demanded the money back for the car, well, for, for the record, Zan said, say, um, I want the remaining money. So who knows, like, how, how much money could have been left. So it could have been, like, 40 bucks or something like that. But Nathan just gives it to him. Nathan did not have to give it to him. Yeah. Legally? I feel like they're, it, it's a gift for Nathan. Like, it's Nathan's car at the end of the day. Unless, like, you know, Zan pulled some strands, like, his na- the car's on his name or something like that. I don't really know how that works, honestly. I mean, he's on- Nathan's only a teenager, so the the car would definitely be in Dan's name. Yeah, but if he's a, so. if he's emancipated, though. If he's yeah. emancipated, like, Nathan Techley is a legal adult. That's true. Even though he's 17, so I feel like it has to be in his- Wait, what, what did, when did Dan buy the car for him? Was that before or- It was before the emancipation, actually. It was before- I think it was to win him over, yeah, and then Nathan- Yeah, it was before the emancipation, so I don't know how- I, I don't know how that would work in, uh- No, I guess it would be in Dan's name. Okay, I take back what I said, I guess. I mean, I can kind of see both sides. Like, I would be annoyed if my child was selling the car, but at the same time, it was a gift. Yeah. But Nathan has to support himself beyond just selling a car. 
Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> also. If, if I was Nathan, I'd be like, no, that was a gift for me. And if, and if he decided to pull legal, actually, then I'd be like, okay, 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 fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a sticky situation, honestly. That was just like a little side tangent I had to go on on that. I love that he can't even get to the party. Yeah. His, his own party because he's at his job. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I've actually had that happen before with my roommate in college. We threw a party. At, I mean, for, we both threw the party, but like I was working, so I couldn't even go to it. It's like one of those things. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Very really sad situation. I get, you know, I had to come back at like 1 a.m. and then everybody was like leaving at that point. Like, oh, okay. That's fun. Bye, everyone. <laughs> it was fun. People stuck around, like, say, you know, say hi to me. And then they're like, all right, hi, but I'm leaving. I'm like, okay, well, that was nice. That's funny. <laughs> but anywho. Um, Gary, though, Gary, his boss, he essentially blackmails Nathan and says, like, okay, I need you here till 10. And then Nathan's like, I have plans. And then Gary's like, okay, well, you either say or you're fired. Take your pick. Like, can you do that? I don't know. Is he, and he... Is he really the boss or just, like, the supervisor who's there? He's the manager. You know? the he manager. definitely is the manager. Okay. I don't think you could fire somebody for something like that because, like, you weren't scheduled to work, you know? Yeah, you're not <laughs> scheduled to work. Exactly. Like, your boss could, like, you know, hold that against you and be, like, mad at you and hold a grudge, but... I'm not really sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. That's a bunch of... <laughs> if you have any expertise on this, let us know. <laughs> Has anybody ever done this to you? Like, I'm not talking to you, Caitlin. I'm talking to the listeners, by the way. <laughs> Has this ever happened to you? Has a manager ever threatened to fire you if you couldn't work longer? Let us know. Did you say fuck you to your boss or what? Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like the truce that they end up coming to. Nathan ends up saying that, you know what? I need this job. So you can either accept my apology for fucking up or you can fire me. It's your choice. And then Gary says, okay, fine. But you do need to do better. Which I do, like, Nathan didn't need to do better. He wasn't, like, really doing a good job, honestly. No, but he also didn't really know what he was doing at all, either. There was a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah, I guess he didn't really receive the proper training. Okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I feel, I, I, know you, I know he's 17, but I feel like it should come as common sense. Like, if you're in the middle of something, a customer says they need a napkin, you shouldn't say, hold on a second. Like you can take a you can take a second break and just give a napkin. Yeah. Like I don't know, it's like just simple stuff like that is where I'm like, okay, Nathan, come on. Like I feel like I would have known that at seventeen, personally. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> but he didn't know how to twist the pretzels. <laughs> that I understand because it's like okay, like you, you're literally like on the spot right there. But yep. Then again, Nathan doesn't really know like. Maybe Nathan doesn't really know people who work or anything like that because he's so privileged and whatnot. Like, I don't know. I feel like we're cutting him a lot of slack. Why are we doing that? Why are we giving the privileged white boy <laughs> slack? <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I gotta say, just, a, just another random thing, like, my thoughts on this whole thing are so disjointed, and I apologize. Um, <laughs> Haley calls Nathan, or Nathan calls Haley, I don't really know, like, in the middle of the workday. I feel like Haley would know better. Then to talk to him while he's at work, don't you think? <laughs> you would think, because she also has a job, too. I don't know, that was just something that really puzzled me. I was like, Haley, why are you talking to him? <laughs> yeah, because she was there when he got the job. Yeah. So she knows. I don't know. Whatever. Let's move on to Nikki and Brooke. 
<laughs> yeah, much more interesting topics, uh-huh. to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so this all gets triggered because Brooke wasn't invited to the party, so she goes to a bar alone, and then that's where she meets Nikki. Yeah, and I feel like she was hurt by not being invited, because I feel like as the season has moved on, Brooke, you know, has kind of been friendly with Haley and that group, and now she she wasn't invited. So I, I can see, like, why she would feel hurt by that. What about you? Mm, now that you mentioned that, yeah, I feel like they were starting to move in a more positive direction. Especially when you think about the Sparkle Classic, too. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they just did a whole competition together. I literally just thought of that as you were talking. I was like, oh, fuck, the Sparkle Classic. They they were starting to become more friendly with each other. So why do you think, Kelly? she just didn't want to cause drama with, like, the whole... Peyton, Lucas, and Brooke thing? I think that might have been it, honestly. I feel like she was just trying to, like, um, be sensitive to Peyton's feelings. Yeah, and, like, you see Haley and Peyton hanging out by themselves. So they, they're closer at, at this point, you know? She hasn't really hung out with Brooke, neither has Nathan, and, like, it is Nathan's party. So I feel like it just shows that, like, um, Haley, Haley obviously prefers Peyton, Mm-hmm. I feel like the right way to have gone about this would have been to invite Peyton, say, just so you know, I'm also inviting Brooke, do with that information what you want, and then also tell Brooke the same thing, like, hey, Brooke, you're invited, I'm also inviting Peyton, do with that information what you want. Yeah, I've kind of done that in the past with friends before. <laughs> I've done situations like that, too. People have done that with, people have done that like with Like, breakups me. and things. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm inviting this person. Just to let you know, I mean, you obviously can come, but just to let you know, this person's yeah. coming. And it's up to you if you decide to mm-hmm. come, you yeah. know? I feel like that would have been much much more fair to say. Mm. I didn't really feel one way or another about that. I was like, yeah, that's fine. Like, they're not really friends. But now that you bring that up, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, why didn't she invite Brooke? Yeah, it's, you kind of feel sad for Brooke. So I understand uh. how, like, how she paired up with Nikki at the bar. Which, why are they at a bar? Why is Brooke at a bar? I know that she has a fake ID, but like, oh my gosh, it's so ridiculous. Making teenagers <laughs> adult like that. Ugh, that bothers me. <laughs> really bothers me. And, well, for the record, not all 17-year-olds look like a 21-year-old Sophia Bush. <laughs> so. Yeah, yep. Because I think Sophia was 21 at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 20, 21. Yeah, I think it was 21. Yeah. She was definitely of age at the very least, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, I can understand why Brooke would feel like, I mean, she's feeling left out. She's sitting at the bar alone. She meets Nikki. Nikki is starting to stir things up because Brooke knows who she is. And it just kind of, I don't know. Like, I feel like in a way, Nikki kind of instigates the situation and what Brooke's already feeling. <laughs> that night yeah so then like the whole lucas and peyton thing comes up and obviously they're at the party (laughs) so i I, you know i see i understand why how it led to them crashing the party yeah but let's talk about the lucas and peyton then now like happens in this episode they decide to go to the party together just as friends like is that really appropriate when you're trying to establish yourself like, as friends. What do you mean? You know, for the sake of Brooke, and I know Brooke and Peyton basically said earlier in the episode, like, they're just not going to be friends anymore. Yeah. But why Why would then Peyton and Lucas go as friends to the party? 
going as friends is not really going as friends, especially when Lucas walks in and says she's hot. I noticed that too, and I did not like that. For the record, yeah. So I'm just feeling weird about that whole situation. I feel like Lucas had ulterior motives, personally. Um, Peyton, on the other hand. But Peyton was the one who asked. Yeah. Wasn't she the one who initiated, like, let's go as friends? Yes, you're right. Yeah, she initiated it. But I feel like Lucas, like, took that and came up with his ulterior motives, even though it's not necessarily written in the script or, or, you know, maybe that wasn't necessarily the writer's intentions. But me personally, I definitely felt like he had ulterior motives when he's like, hey, you look hot. And I'm like... You know, I tell fr- I tell my friends when they look hot and everything, too, but, like, I, I feel like in this context, you, you need to hold back a little bit. With, yeah, <laughs> with your I'm- situation with Peyton and Lucas, you need to hold back a little bit. Yeah, in this context, it doesn't work, based on the history and what they've recently gone through. Yeah, exactly. But like, you know, Peyton, like, I don't blame her for wanting to just be friends with Lucas, and I, I feel like she was genuine in her approach to it. I feel like she genuinely just wanted to be friends in the situation. It, you know, if something develops from here on out, who knows? But I don't know. I felt really, I felt Peyton was really genuine here, personally. Yeah, I guess she she was more so, because then Lucas even shows up when they're about to leave to go to the party, and he shows up with a gift for her. Why? <laughs> so this is what it, this whole friends, quote unquote, friends thing doesn't really feel like a friends <laughs> thing, especially like, I know Brooke wasn't going to be at the party. I guess they knew that. I don't know. It just feels weird. Yeah. It's like you're trying to establish there's nothing between you two for the sake of Brooke. But then these actions, even though it's just between them, it just doesn't feel like friends. But Peyton really did look hot, though. I gotta be honest about that. (laughs) Yeah, she did. (laughs) I was like, yeah, she looks hot. (laughs) I would say that if she was my friends, but it would be coming from a different place for me. Yeah, exactly. So. Like, I could see Brooke coming in and saying that, you know? Yeah. Or maybe we're, like, maybe we're putting too much pressure on Lucas to, like, walk on eggshells then in that sense. I don't know. I don't know. I find that weird. I'd be weirded out if someone came in, if, like, and said that, if, you know? and s- If Lucas came out in that situation, you were paying, yeah. Exactly. I, I would just feel weird based on the history, because, like, he's not saying that to joke around. Right. It's not him to make a joke like that, so it's true. Like, it- <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, if I came in and told Peyton she looked hot, it would be true for me as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, like, the intention behind it, though, is different. <laughs> there, there, there's so much nuance here where we're like, yeah, like, hmm. <laughs> Maybe we're reading way too much into it. I don't know. I just thought that part was strange. Uh, yeah, in particular, that was the line that really gave me pause. Like, skirt, hold on. <laughs> and I don't know why. And I feel like, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of feelings I need to unpack for that. Like, that particular thing made me uncomfortable, though. Showing up with a gift. And I like Peyton was so cute when she was like, I gave you a high five. You want Do you want it now, now or later? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, that was cute. That was adorable. Okay. But are you ready to go to a party? Yes, because I'm pouting over here. <laughs> I wasn't invited. I'm ready to crash. <laughs> you ready to crash? Yep. Start some drama? <laughs> yep. Getting into a cat fight with you, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> with me? Cat fight. <laughs> Damn. Oh, my gosh. Psych. Wow. Oh, no. yeah. This party was intense. So, the... <laughs> 
so the big, um, <laughs> before we get into the intense parts, the big catalyst for this is that Tim has apparently been throwing parties at Nathan's house all the time. And th- that's where the episode opens. So, like, there's a bunch of people, like, passed out and everything like that. And then you see Nathan's bed, and you see a man in bed with another girl that's obviously not Haley. And I think we're supposed to believe that that's Nathan, but, you know, we had to... Um, realizing that it's Tim because it cuts away to a scene where Nathan's in bed with Haley. I know, but it sure looks like Nathan. I, th- you know, I never really paid attention to that opening before, but it's weird. It does look like Nathan. So I almost wonder, like, okay, it's not Nathan in bed, but I wonder if that's James Lafferty in bed. I'm pretty sure it was. <laughs> because I don't think that's Tim. I don't think that's Brett Claywell, I should say. No. So yeah, if that's what they were doing, I think that's very clever. It's like, Nathan, like, oh, it's not actually Nathan, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's what they're trying to do, because I was like, I actually rewound it, because I guess I had never really paid close enough attention to that scene before when watching it. Me too, yeah. I rewound that, and I was like, wait a minute, are we supposed to believe that, like, Nathan was with some other girl, and I'm like, that never, I know that never comes up in the rest of the season, (laughs) so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the, the way they do it with the edited now, it's very clear. Like, yeah. you, you know, as soon as it cuts away to that scene where piece of bed with Haley, you're like, oh, okay, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. But for a second there, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say that that's James Lafferty. That's not Brett Claywell. It's James Lafferty as Tim. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> or just some other guy that showed up. Yeah, totally. Also, during that little scene, we see Nathan's CD player. Have you ever noticed the CD player? Oh my gosh, yes, the one on the wall. Oh my god. Oh my god, okay, so, okay, see, this, um, this was a formative CD player for you as well, because, like, I remember the CD player vividly. It's like this diamond shape. So, I did not have that one, but I I think my best friend did. Oh, really? I think Jenna did. (laughs) Shut up, no way. I am hardcore jealous because... You wanted it? I did. Like, I was always jealous of that CD player because, spoiler alert, we see that CD player a lot in the background. We should just give, like, a a shout out every time we see the CD player because... (laughs) (laughs) I always thought that CD player was so fucking cool. Yeah, it is cool. (laughs) But it definitely dates the show. Totally. The CD players, who has those anymore? Oh my gosh, too funny. But anyway, let's go to the actual party now. So it quickly becomes out of control. (laughs) And (laughs) all these people that Haley doesn't even know show up. (laughs) I don't know how this party, like, it spread throughout the whole school really fast. Because Haley is so popular now. I guess so, being a cheerleader. (laughs) Being a cheerleader for one competition. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I think it's also because she's dating Nathan, so. Yeah, for sure. People start to know who she is. It's the way the whole thing concludes with her, though, being popular. Like, you know, she comes to the realization that she's popular. I'm like, is this supposed to be like a like a good thing in this sense? Like, oh, like, Haley's becoming popular. She's going up in the world. How are we supposed to feel about that? I don't think. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know what my thoughts are. I guess it is kind of insinuating that in this episode because people are recognizing her and her social status has increased, I guess. Yeah. Stuff like this, it makes me feel like the creator of the show wasn't popular in high school at all. And him writing a show is his way of being like, oh, I can be popular now. 
that's like the ultimate like end goal. I feel like a lot of people can relate to not being popular in high school because most people aren't popular in high school. <laughs> exactly, yeah. There's only a handful of people that really are popular. And they're not even the coolest people. They are not, you're right. In reality. Haley's cool, but <laughs> Haley's wonderful, yeah. <laughs> They, I feel like watching this now in my 30s, I feel like nowadays I realize, like, popularity in high school does not mean shit. No. <laughs> like, what did those people do? They didn't do anything different than me or other people, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, we're, we're all on the same playing field right now. Yep. It's just, it's amazing how high school, like, the dynamics of it all work. There's always people that are more popular, but, like, how does that even happen? You know? How do people become popular? Yeah, how do those pe- those specific people become popular? That's kind of an interesting question to ponder. Being rich, having these parties. Yeah. Did you ever go to a party like this in high school? No. Neither have I. <laughs> we were both never invited. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like this. No. I've been to parties like this in college, for sure, but... Not yeah. in high school. Yeah. Which makes me think, like, I don't think parties like this ever existed in high school. They always show them, like, glamorized in TV shows and movies. Oh, for sure. But in reality, they don't actually exist. I, I didn't do anything in high school, so. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> we just watched One Tree Hill. That's what we did. Basically. And talked about it on the bus. Yep, and you nagged me every day on the bus. <laughs> As we have said countless times. Oh, my God. But anyway, let's um, pour ourselves a pink solo cup of alcoholic beverages and talk about the cat fights. I found it interesting that they didn't have, and this is kind of related because we're going to get into the Nikki thing. I found it interesting, though, that Jake wasn't at this party. And I know Lucas explains that he's at work. Mm -hmm. But I, I... I don't know. I find it interesting why he wasn't included in all this, but I guess he didn't need to be because Nikki was basically like, she was like a device here to to bring out the truth about Lucas, like to reveal that. That's basically what her role was in this episode. Yeah. She starts to fight and then she's like, what, Lucas is coming defense to his two women? Oh, but shouldn't that include someone else? Nikki, like, she completely ruined this whole thing for herself, because in the previous episode, she was all about, like, please keep this a secret. Please, please, please. And then there she goes. She fucks it up. Yeah, because she she was drunk at that point. And and I know at the party, Lucas was trying to get her to leave, and he didn't want her to say anything either, but she was just, you could tell she was drunk. So she really wasn't thinking clearly anymore. She really did a 180 from, from the previous episode. You're right. Yeah, totally. I feel like at this point, like, I feel like the writers have, like, packed themselves up in a a corner because they're like, okay, let's introduce this plot line where Lucas and Nikki try to keep it a secret. Oh, wait, we only have so many episodes left in the season. Like, we got to end this real quickly now. Yeah. I feel like they were having some struggles in season one in this case. And I feel like there's a, you know, there's some storylines coming up where that's illustrated as well, where it's like, okay, we're going here. Oh, we're going to go in this place now. Okay. I mean, that's fine, but. That was quick, you know? And personally, I think it's more shocking for Jake to find out that this happened between them, between Nikki and, and Lucas, than it is for Peyton and Brooke. Because how is it being Nikki change anything? Thank you. Thank you so, so much for saying that because I was thinking the same thing. To me, it would be shocking if, if Jake was at the party and this was all revealed. Yeah. 
Jake could feel upset about that. He's allowed, he would be allowed to feel upset about that, even though he's rational and you could explain that they had no idea. But Mm -hmm, like, I feel like he still would have a right to be upset that something like that happened. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't understand like Peyton and Brooke's feelings. I don't fully understand. Like, I get that they're hurt that he went and slept with a stranger when all of this was going on between all of them. I, I understand that. I know we're moved on from that now and they don't even really know Nikki. So what does it matter? Yeah. Why does it change the fact that, oh, bar slot, quote unquote, was Nikki? It could be anyone still and it shouldn't hurt any differently. Yeah. Like Peyton seemed to like have like, you know, forgive. I mean, I've already explained my feelings about like this whole thing between Peyton and Lucas. Like, I don't really feel like they should be mad about Lucas trying to find casual sex, because whatever. Listen to episode 116 for that whole commentary. But uh, it seemed like Peyton has moved on from this point. And why does she decide to not be friends with Lucas? Because, oh, you slept with Nikki. Now things are different. I know. It doesn't make any sense. I guess they're thinking, like, he knew who Nikki was. But he... Lucas explained that, though. I mean, he explained that, I think, after the fact. Right. Ugh, it's just kind of frustrating, honestly. Yeah. Lucas is still the same. I mean, Lucas is shitty. I will give him that, but he's not any more shitty from from what she knew before. I mean, his timing sucked, but it is what it is. It's so weird, honestly. But can we talk about more about the fun aspects of this cat fight, though? Because... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> juicy drama <laughs> in tree hill and i know women competing against each other but i'm sorry but like i th- this type of soap opera shit fuels me it's so great <laughs> like peyton walking over as nikki's talking to lucas nikki's like i thought i smelled something and peyton's like that's skank and i think it's coming from you <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then Nikki's like, are you going to tuck my kid in at night? Peyton's like, someone's got to. Ooh. Nikki's like, you got a problem? And then Peyton's like, yeah, it's you, bitch. And again, like, I'm completely against, like, this name calling and shit. Like, <laughs> it's so great. I, I, I still can't help myself from loving it. I'm sorry. <laughs> if I'm a bad feminist for this, I'm sorry, but I love it. <laughs> I mean, they broke a window and everything. It was pretty <laughs> radical. I gotta say this though, like you know, yeah, Nikki threw the the first hit. She threw the first slap, and then but then Peyton really needs to like dive into her and push her over the counter. <laughs> like Peyton had every right to hit her back, you know, feel free, like hit her back, but did she really have to go at it like that? Oh my gosh, yeah, that <laughs> oh that god. was really intense. <laughs> It's so, so good. Like, oh my god. I I love these fights like this. This, it's... this isn't the only cat fight in Tree Hill. No, it is not. <laughs> I can't wait. Woo! All right. <laughs> oh my goodness. So good. <laughs> and then, right after this happens, Nathan shows up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about timing. Right. He's like, what the fuck happens? And then the cops show up. And of course, Nathan gets annoyed at them. Yeah. yeah. Because he just walked into this mess and he had nothing to do with it, which, you know, anyone would be annoyed. Right. By law, it's like, yeah, it's his place. He's responsible for yep. it. Like, okay, f- fine. That's fine. Um, oh my but he gosh. ends up getting arrested because he was 
uh, he was bad mouthing the officer. Yep. Because <laughs> it would have just been a citation, I think. And then he started yeah. to talk back to him and. <laughs> And then the cop was like, okay, you're going to be like that? All right, you're going to jail. And I'm like, really, dude? Like, honestly? And, and I feel like it's really weird to say that with, you know, since this is a black cop arresting a privileged white boy, but I just got to say, it's across the board, ACAB 1312. Yeah, it was just really unfortunate timing, basically. Totally. But Dan takes Nathan out of jail. And then Lucas and Haley are also nearby as the situation is unfolding. And, you know, the. Lucas and Dan have this whole, like, you know, exchange of words where it's just like, oh, you were never a father, like that whole thing that always happens. That's their whole dynamic. And then that's when Dan says, talk to your mom. Tell her you want to know what really happened between us back then. But who knows what Dana is referring to here. Legitimately, I don't know what he's referring to, but I know this gets revealed. I forget what happens, but I'm pretty sure this gets revealed either... Sometime in the next two episodes. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what it, what it is either. But we'll find out. We'll find out just like we're first time viewers. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't watched season one in a while, I guess. <laughs> exactly. One good thing that came out of this party was the fact that Brooke and Peyton made up, kind of. I know. I loved it. It starts off with the two of them trying to say like, nope, we're not going to be friends anymore. And then Brooke comes to Peyton's room. Mm-hmm. And basically says, let's, we're not necessarily friends, can't necessarily be like what it was before, but we don't have to be enemies anymore. So basically, they're they're bonding over like this big reveal that Lucas slept with Nikki, <laughs> which I don't, once again, like, I'm glad that they're making up as friends, but how does finding out it was Nikki change that? Suddenly. I I don't know, Caitlin. I don't know. Like, I'm thinking too hard, (laughs) maybe, about this. I don't know. Maybe the whole Nikki reveal just reminded them of the situation. Yeah. And they were just like, oh, that's still hurting me. Maybe they were basically saying, like, oh, how could you sleep with somebody like Nikki? Like, yeah, I don't know, because Nikki was hot. (laughs) It really doesn't. it, It does not mean that much. You're thinking too deeply into it, Brooke and Peyton. I'm sorry. I usually love you, but you're thinking too much about us. I think you're right, though. You have a point about Nikki, and I was kind of thinking that earlier, too, that maybe the fact that the reveal is that it's Nikki, maybe that is really a reflection of, like, who Nikki is. Like, the quality of person she is based on what Mm. she's least showing others. Like, oh, wow, he would sleep with someone who's that mean who doesn't care about her kid, who left Jake. But Lucas doesn't know any of that stuff. Lucas didn't know she was a deadbeat mom. No, I'm saying Brooke and Peyton are kind of putting that judgment onto Nikki, and they're judging Lucas for sleeping with someone like her. Because at least Peyton knows a lot about Nikki from Jake, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I think Brooke knows enough because Brooke had that conversation with Peyton in the previous episode. Yeah, so what really what I'm saying is that, yeah, they're kind of judging Lucas for being with someone like Nikki, who's really not, at least as far as we know, she's not that great of a person. Yeah. And that's kind of hurtful because he screwed over two really great people. Yeah. Brooke and Peyton. So, I don't know, maybe that's reaching. But knowing all the stuff that he knows now about Nikki, I don't think he would sleep with, he wouldn't sleep with Nikki now. Come on. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> but it was just a random thing, you know? It's so stupid. I'm sorry, Brooke and Peyton. It's stupid. 
But speaking of sex, we have two other characters. <laughs> <laughs> I love that together. transition. Speaking of sex. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna transition if I saying like speaking of another stupid decision. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. Speaking of sex, let's go broad here. Yep. Well, I mean we're talking about Lucas and Nikki, so that's what the whole episode is basically revolving around. But now we have Dan and Dub. <laughs> which this was really, really unexpected. Based on how things have been going lately. You want the car? Fine. You want the house? Fine. You want the clothes off my back? Here, take the clothes off my back. And then Shrimp's like, damn, Deb. Oh my gosh. That, that's a good scene between those two. It's classic. I, I, I love shit like that, so where it's just like, it's obviously like hate sex right here, but I was into it. Oh my goodness. So, like, after the fact, they have two different reactions. Like, Deb starts to reminisce. She's looking at the yearbook, or at least, I guess it was Dan's yearbook. Oh, yeah, it had to be Dan. That's weird. It had to be Dan's, because it said Ravens on it. That's, I didn't even, I never even thought about that. That's weird now that you think about it. Like, mm-hmm. I just thought, like, oh, yeah, she's looking at her yearbook, and I forgot. No, Deb did not go to high school with Dan. No, so she's, I guess, just thinking of the past and, like, who Dan was, once was. And maybe looking at Dan and Karen, who who knows? And then Dan walks in and he's like, okay, let's do the divorce. Like, he's not objecting anymore. Right. So it's kind of wild that they had two different reactions to, like, sleeping together. I know Deb's upset, but it's still good for I don't know if she's necessarily up- upset. You think she is? I don't know if we know that. I think she's just was thinking about what things used to be. Not necessarily about, like, what things are now. Yeah, maybe she doesn't necessarily want Zan back. She wants things back to be the way that they were before. Yeah. And she's just thinking about, like, okay, this is the past. I would like it to be this way. Because for one night, it felt like, okay, yeah, this is how things used to be. But you just have to understand that it's not like that anymore, unfortunately. And I thought what Dan said to Deb was really interesting. He said, I just realized the same thing I realized in the dorm room. The real world is always going to be out there and there's no going back. Oh, that's beautiful. So. I remember that quote, but you just reminded me of it. Because, <laughs> well, right after they they had sex and they were laying in bed, they were reminiscing about their college dorm room and staying there together over Christmas break. And... It makes them think about the past, basically. But the past isn't now. Things are different. Right. So I, I thought that was kind of insightful. But yeah, their their storyline surprised me. <laughs> In this episode, I'll say that. <laughs> you don't, definitely don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Okay, yeah, wait, here's the deal. Like, um, I don't feel like we should judge Lucas for, like, sleeping with Nikki, who we just met. I feel like we should kind of judge Deb for sleeping <laughs> with Dan, a man that she has been married to for quite a long time. She knows him. <laughs> Like, at the same time, I don't, I don't blame them. I'm not trying to say that I blame them. <laughs> I'm not trying to say that I blame her. I mean, if anything, we should judge her for still being married to him. But but she's trying to get out of it. She's trying to... Yeah, that's not her fault, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> she's been married to him all these years. And she's just now wanting a divorce. But, but there were problems in the past. She had the affair and... Right. All that, so... 
Like, I feel like deep down she's always wanted to leave, Mm -hmm. but she just felt sort of trapped. And I feel like all this, all this stuff that was happening with Lucas and everything, it's just basically, it just catapulted things forward. Yeah, for sure. All these families blended together and everything like that. Deb's starting to interact with more people, aka Karen. And they're all starting to realize, like, there's other things out there in the world. Yeah, it's true. I feel like, yeah, Deb Deb and Karen are at, like, a turning point or at a crossroads or... Whatever you want to call it. Their lives are changing. Totally. And they're going to partner together. (laughs) (laughs) Are you happy I threw that in there? (laughs) I really am. (laughs) Normally, Caitlin and I, um, we do video chat for this. We had a bunch of tech tech issues, so we're doing this over the phone. But but I just want you to know, Caitlin, because you can't see me, that I I just gave you, like, these really, like, big, like, moony eyes for saying that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i can imagine that like thank you so much for saying that i really appreciate you <laughs> all right do you want to do a rundown of this coda sure i really liked the coda song me too the wish by josh canova i thought it really fit the mood because we see keith tells karen he got the job dan agrees to the divorce keith packs his belongings as lucas visits him and you know, he's there for, like, support, basically. Mm. Nathan's at work and actually doing a good job. Which, by the way, I gotta, I gotta like, stop you right there. Sure. The lyric that comes up as Nathan is working is, I won't need anyone's help. And I, that just, like, per- that was perfect timing right there. Oh, that is good timing. For some reason, that, like, second scene gave me chills. It gave me goosebumps. I was like, look at Nathan, you're being a good boy. <laughs> yeah, that's real. Wow, you really paid attention to the lyric. I didn't... (laughs) That really stood out to me, you know? I don't know. I just felt like the coda, that the song just fit the mood of it. Mm Mm-hmm. But somebody who was not being a good boy, according to uh, Peyton, um, also in the coda, Peyton confronts Lucas. And she said, you know, when I first met you, you were a good guy and Nathan was a bad guy. Who knew you two would switch places? And that's how the episode ends. mm. Yeah. Once again, I don't think... It being Nikki makes him necessarily a bad guy, but the whole situation was crappy, what he put yeah. put Brooke and Peyton through. So I think that line is accurate. They are switching places. But I, I hate that this is what the catalyst was for pushing that line forward. Dramatizes it a little bit, honestly. <laughs> totally. Oh, jeez. All right. Shall we talk about our favorite quotes, musical moments, and rating? Yes. What was your favorite quote? Okay. Guy in need of a clue. Here's one. Women send signals. That was a brush off. Before you dip into your shallow pool of wits, let me paint us a picture and save us both the trouble. Here's your evening. You're going to slink back off to your buddies, laugh this off, get wasted, go home, and make nice with yourself. But don't be thinking of me, because even your fantasy of me isn't interested in you. Oh, snap. (laughs) I was wondering what your favorite quote was going to be. That's a good one. I thought it would be obvious. I, so I texted Caitlin. I was like, I already knew what my favorite quote was going to be before I even watched this episode. I'm ready. And then Caitlin was like, I, I really don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I really didn't. <laughs> this is it. I love this line so much. It's one of my favorite li- Brooke lines of all time. Really? Really. I mean, it's a good one. She just completely like calls him out. <laughs> 
Oh, wow. Yeah, Brooke says this to a guy at the bar right before Nikki comes over. And yep. Yeah. I, I just love that line so much. Some honorable mentions, though. I like when Dan says to Tim, how's my wife? <laughs> <laughs> when he comes into the apartment and sees uh, Nathan and Tim together. Uh, he's like, how's yeah. my wife? <laughs> and then Tim leaves. <laughs> so that's a nod to the boy toy auction. Oh, my yes. God. I just thought that was a funny acknowledgement of the whole situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. And then I also liked when Nathan and Haley were saying, like, they were just basically being sexy with each other. And they're like, you're lucky Tim's here. And you're like, oh, well, you're lucky Tim's here. And then they're both like, Tim, go home. <laughs> yeah, that was cute. <laughs> that was really cute. That's one of the reasons why I chose that as my intro. <laughs> but what was your favorite quote? So... I liked what Peyton said to Lucas at the end, and it's not the switch places quote, but it's like right before that. Oh. It's just that after all the stuff you and I have been through, where my head and my heart were at, I couldn't have gone and just slept with some stranger. I don't know. I felt like it was Peyton being honest. And while I don't necessarily agree with like the whole Nikki thing, we've already hashed that out, but- I liked it because it just felt like an honest moment from Peyton. Like, she was really sharing her feelings. Like, where her heart was at, she was feeling totally different than Lucas was if he went out to sleep with someone else. Mm Mm-hmm. I just like how it was worded, basically. That was a deep moment. I really love how Peyton really stood up for herself in this episode. Yeah, she did. That's a good point. Not only with Lucas, but also also with Brooke as well. And I, I feel like she had to say this to him. She had to finally like speak the truth mm-hmm. of how she was really feeling through all that yeah because at the end of the day like i feel like she has to protect her own mental health to keep going exactly and if you know if they're not on the same page then it's not gonna work yeah it's just an example of what is which is this current situation and what should never be <laughs> good one <laughs> yeah now what i'm saying <laughs> yep what about musical moment for you um, the only, the only song that really stood out to me was the coda. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, The Wish by Josh Canova. I don't really remember any other songs. That was the only song I really remember after watching the episode. I know. And I just, I, I started to listen to that song after the episode. I listened to it a few times. It's such a One Tree Hill song. I don't know. It's like kind of broody and just, there's a sadness to it, but it like fit the mood with all of the different scenes that were flashing forward and especially at the end with Peyton and Lucas. Oh, totally. This artist has been on One Tree Hill before this, too, I believe. The song? Not the song, the artist, I mean. Uh, the artist. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I picked um, Josh Canova previously. Yeah, you might be right. I don't remember. I don't remember the exact song or anything, and I don't feel like looking at my notes right now from, like, previous episodes, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have, like, picked Josh Canova before. <laughs> yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah, that's a great song. So, my rating... Is a four out of five pretzel twists. <laughs> okay. I thought it was a pretty strong episode, actually. I thought it was entertaining because some of the, the episodes in season one, like, kind of hard to get through a little bit. This one didn't feel like that. I felt like I was entertained and the stories were interesting. And I liked that Brooke and Peyton resolved things a little bit at the end. And I, I thought the coda, specifically the ending with Lucas and Peyton, was it was like a powerful way to end the whole episode. So totally. Why isn't it a five out of five? I don't know. Did you give it a five out of five? No, I didn't either. Uh, okay. I just want to hear your justification. Um, <laughs> I 
also gave it a four out of five. I gave it a four out of five cat fights. I don't know if there's anything that necessarily brought it down. I, I guess what we've talked about with the whole, like, why, how does Nikki make it any different? That maybe brings it down a little bit, because it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, honestly, that's what made me um, make it jump down one point, just because. Yeah. The whole Nikki thing, I feel like, doesn't make sense. And I also feel like, you know, the, the storylines are moving a little bit too fast. But I think that might just have to do with, like, details behind the scenes that they had to deal with, unfortunately. That's true. I'm talking about, I'm talking specifically about the whole 180 that Nikki pulls between the last episode and this episode. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and again, just the whole stupid thing about, like, why does why does it being Nikki change anything, you know? Yeah, when you really think hard about it, it doesn't make a ton of sense. So that's why I give it four out of five catfights. Because despite all those, like, you know, stupid little vids that kind of annoy me, the episode's just fun. Yeah, it's a fun episode. It's one of the better episodes of season one, I think. Oh, totally, yeah. For sure. Smells like skank, and <laughs> I think it's coming from you. <laughs> oh, so good. Always and Forever is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AlwaysOTHpod. You can also email us at AlwaysOTHpod at gmail.com. That's AlwaysOTHpod. You can follow Jeremy Rodriguez on Twitter at RodriguezJeremy. You can follow Caitlin Illinich on Twitter at MissIReads. Outside of following our socials, the easiest way to support us is by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. That helps One Tree Hill fans, new and old, find us. Now, if you don't want future episodes of One Tree Hill to be spoiled for you, now is the time to turn this podcast off. Otherwise, stay tuned for the spoiler segment after the music ends. We'll We'll be be seeing seeing you. Welcome to the spoiler segment of Always and Forever. This is your reminder to turn off the podcast if you do not want spoilers. Yay! So you told me to watch some um, YouTube clips from future episodes for this one. So tell me a little bit about why you decided to get me to watch these clips. Yeah, so when Brooke and Peyton were laying in bed and they basically were agreeing not to be enemies anymore, Mm -hmm. it just made me think of like a season scene which I kind of I think I was making it up in my head because it actually was like two separate scenes I did some digging online oh I just remembered because in this in this episode 120 Peyton I think is it Peyton who says to Brooke can think can it be like before and Brooke says I don't know Uh, yes yes And, and in the bed they do say that they say a version of that and I just had a flashback to that happening later on and Brooke or a flash forward. <laughs> yeah, flash yeah, a flash forward. <laughs> flash back to when I watched it last time. I got you, yeah. <laughs> but um I just started to think of season four right away. I was like, there's I thought they were laying in a in the bed again and having that same scene, but I guess I was just mixing it all in my head. So basically, in season four, after everything goes down in season three with Peyton and Lucas cheating on Brooke again. <laughs> quote unquote cheating on Brooke again. That's a whole nother thing, but Yeah. <laughs> it's season four, episode ten, and they are sitting under a bridge and Peyton asks the same question, can we go back to what it used to be? And Brooke says, I don't think we can. And that's how that scene ends. Her exact words are, I'm sorry, Peyton, like before is gone. Yeah. It's really sad. 
But then in episode 17, so flash forward a few, they are in, what is Honeygrove, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're in a motel room in Honeygrove, yeah. Yeah, they're in a motel room and Brooke is doing Peyton's hair to go to this prom that they're going to crash. And Brooke says to her, you know, you know, you asked me before if things could go back to the way they were, but maybe they can be better than before. So watching the season one episode really brought me back to the future. Brought me back to the future, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> back to the future. Because <laughs> it's like they nod at this. I never realized that those scenes in season four are a direct nod to the season one scene. Yeah, it's funny that you say that, too, because um, you, you told me to watch these clips, but I actually thought about these scenes before you even told me to watch them. So that's okay. why I thought it was really funny. Like, oh, we're on the same wavelength here. I mean, more specifically, the scene uh, the scene at the bridge. I really thought about that one. I didn't really think about the scene where Brooke was doing Peyton's hair, um, where they say, like, maybe we could be better. Um, but I do see the parallels with that one as well. More specifically, in the next episode, because, I mean, I was about to say spoiler alert, but <laughs> we're in the spoiler segment. <laughs> in, the <laughs> in the next episode, Brooke ends up telling Peyton, like, by the way, can we be friends again? I think I'm ready for us to be friends again. I'm like, okay, that was a quick 180. <laughs> yeah. Just like the whole Nikki thing that we talked mm -hmm. about. Like, that, that's a real 180. But uh, I, I feel like the way they do it in season four is much more realistic. Like, having those two, like, scenes, like, spaced apart. By seven episodes, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel yeah. like the pacing was much better. Mm -hmm. uh, season one's kind of like, all right, this is rushing in a little bit, okay? <laughs> And those two scenes in season four, for some reason, I thought that they happened together. Like, what was said, at least, oh, really? ha happened at the same time, but they were two separate things. Oh, yeah, no. So I really was doing some digging. I, my memory was faulty. <laughs> yeah, no. I, <laughs> I could have told you that. Wow. <laughs> you should have texted me. You could have pulled out the exact episodes? I'm good at that, Caitlin. What can I say? <laughs> Okay, you go, Jeremy. At least in like seasons one through maybe five, I think I can do that. I don't think yeah. I can do it so much with season six yeah. through nine. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really like that though. How Brooke was just like, okay, like we're we're not enemies. We can be friends. It's not going to be like before though. I, I feel like that that's very fair. It is. I'm glad though. Eventually, seasons later, like things got back to what they once were, and they probably were stronger. Actually. Exactly. And I gotta say, though, after that conversation where Brooke says, like, I know I said we couldn't be friends like before, but maybe we could be better. And I feel like literally after that point, they are much better. Yeah, they are. They have a strong friendship. Because their entire relationship isn't based upon Lucas anymore. And they are much better friends. And I, I really love them for that reason. I agree. I think they have a really strong friendship. And I like to see it I, I, when we have the jump forward it's nice to see it as well these are they're such such good friends i love them it's it's terrible that peyton doesn't come to brooke's wedding though <laughs> i know oh my god it kills me but i get it i get it hillary burton the way they write it into the story too is stupid Mm-hmm. because we all know why um we all know why Hillary Burton didn't come back. I understand, <laughs> Hillary. I get it. But the way they wrote Peyton's reasoning for not coming to the wedding was so, so dumb. It makes her look like a shitty friend. I hate that. There was obviously some animosity there, you can tell. And it's terrible. It's really shitty. Agreed. But we'll get to that in like 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Who knows? We have no release schedule. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see when we get to season eight. Oh my god. But Caitlin, I don't want to necessarily get to season eight right away, because that means we will have to leave and perform our leaving song. (laughs) Much like the next episode of season one, which is season one, episode 21, the leaving song, which you will hear us talk about next time. Here is the description from our OTH DVD box sets. Poor decisions abound. Nathan's surfing porn on the net. Peyton turns her back just long enough for Nikki to kidnap Jenny. And when Whitey has eye surgery, the high school selects Dan as substitute coach. We'll be seeing ya.